0: Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's episode, I have on my sister, Rebecca Washuda, who's a licensed dietitian, nutritionist, and a certified nutrition specialist. And we are going to be running down a list of trending topics in the health and fitness and nutrition world. Now, I'm gonna be asking her some things that are more on the nutrition side. She's gonna be asking me more things that are trending on the fitness side. We're gonna kinda go back and forth and hit on a bunch of different topics and talk through them. It's a different style than I normally do. I wanted to change the format up. I'm not sure if this is gonna be in replace to the Thursday format or in addition to, uh, but I thought it was a cool ad. So we're gonna throw this in here for the first time and obviously let me know, socialtrulyfit.app, if you enjoyed this format. I will say, You can watch this on YouTube. All of my podcasts are now on YouTube, at least the Monday episodes. And I think this podcast was built a little bit more to be watched than to be listened to just because of uh, the topic rundowns and the fact that I screen share here and there. You're not going to have any issues listening to it exclusively as opposed to watching it. But I do think it's a better watch than it is a listen. So just remember that you can always watch the episodes on YouTube as well. With no further ado, here's Rebecca and I. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast audience and Rebecca. We're gonna do a different format today. Uh, Just as a reminder to anyone who's new here, on Mondays are the interview episodes where I typically have on somebody who's an expert in some sort of fitness or health related field or nutrition related field like my sister is. And we talk about one particular topic On Thursdays are the uh, podcasts where I just go solo, they're they're a quick podcast, 5 to 15 minutes, where I'm talking about something that I believe is trending and interesting, or maybe a topic that I touched on with a guest that I wanted to elaborate on. But today, we're going to introduce a new format, and it's more of a uh, PTI-esque format. If you don't know what that is, it was a sports show. It's still on to this day, where there's just topics, trending topics that are going on. Uh, in the sports world for them, but for us it'll be in the fitness and nutrition and health world, and we're going to touch on those topics. Sometimes those topics could be us arguing over things. Uh, in this first episode, probably not. They're more just kind of surfacey topics. They're uh, things about overall health and wellness, and there's some things that are you know more celebrity esque. So, uh, thanks for coming on, Beck, and uh, why don't we start with uh, with the with the top topic here?
1: All right, let's do this. I'm excited. Um, first topic the walking backwards trend. Where did it come from and is it worthwhile or is it nonsense?
0: Yeah, I think it popped back up now because it's, uh, you know, January uh, 2024. So so now people are doing things, they're getting back into their health grind, so to speak. As we know, gyms are packed and uh, people are trying to uh, get healthier in the, the first month of January. But this originally really was pushed, I think, by knees over toes guy, and he was on Rogan. So essentially, this guy had a bunch of knee injuries, and for those who don't know, and he figured out a program in which he can rehab his knee. And part of it was that for a long period of time, they always said, even in in, in the certifications that I've had, is that we don't really want to go knees over toes when we're doing things like squats and lunges, especially lunges, we want to kind of keep 90 degree angles because it could be bad for your knee. Well, now we found out it actually limits mobility and restriction, and it's worse for your knee long-term to to limit that restriction. It's worse for your ankle mobility. It's worse for all those things. So we want to actually push knees over toes. Now, if you have really bad knee issues, you have to be careful with it, right? The, The progress you get from how far you're pushing your knees over your toes is going to be slower. So walking backwards again to get back to the topic here allows you to do that more. So if you think about it, when you're walking backwards, you're putting pressure on the ball of your foot, and then you're driving back through that. your heel. Yeah.
1: Okay. And yeah. if you
0: look down while you're doing that, your knee is well in front of your toes. Now, when you're walking forward, that's not the case because you're heel striking and you're reaching forward, and then as your toes hit, your knee comes almost over your shoelaces and then you're right back to taking the next step so to speak so walking backwards the range of motion is different and then also the muscles you're using are different so you're going to be using you're you're always using all the muscles in the legs when you walk forward or backwards it's just the extent the percentages of which ones are working harder so as you drive off the front of your foot it's more quad intensive uh it's more anterior intensive so the front of your leg your tibialis the muscle uh, you know, above your shin, where people say they get shin splints, and your quad are firing more when you walk backwards. When you walk forwards, it's more of a pulling motion, which is a posterior chain. So that's more glutes activation. That's more uh, hamstring activation. Again, pulling as you walk forward, you're pulling your body forward. You're pressing your body backwards. So pressing sure. is going to be more of those front muscles.
1: Yeah. I mean, so... Uh... This to me sounds like one of those um, topics where if you can go extreme and get people's attention, you're going to get attention and maybe you'll get people to start following you. Um, Who would you recommend this for? So like it's obviously not uh, high intensity cardio. Are you recommending this for people with knee injuries to get, you know?
0: Yeah, well, that's a great question. So I, I I think it's twofold. Number one, this this is not a novel concept from a from a movement perspective that we should always move in all directions, and right. that's sort of my principle and ideology. Too many of us just move in one direction. Too many too many of us who go to the weight room just move in one direction. They basically right. or do the same know, exercises
1: every, week after week. Yeah.
0: And it's like you know I do bicep curls. I do shoulder presses. Like you have to make sure. That's why yoga is so great. In yoga, you move your body in every single direction. Yeah. So uh, we want to make sure the spine is moving and the shoulders are moving in a circular fashion, and the hips. Um, so walking backwards just means you're moving your body in a different direction it normally doesn't go in, challenging muscles and and your joints and your ligaments to work in in sort of a different different format, different way. So that's why it's good. But yeah, for people with knee issues, it is shown to be very good in sort of a, yeah. a rehab esque thing. So it's really it really helps build people's quads up, which are important to for knee. For knee strength and like the stability there, uh, it helps kind of like lengthen and uh, stretch the patellar out a little bit too. The, that's that runs over your kneecap. That's the tendon that runs over your kneecap. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's good for overall knee joint health, I would say. But I would, but but it is going to be funny. You're going to walk into the gym now in 2024, and you're going to see people walking on the treadmill backwards. Now, how many of them are actually doing it because they know? what's going on and because Hi. maybe they're trying to help their their knee health out. How many of them are just doing because it it's trendy and it looks cool. What I will say is as a, as a tip, you don't turn the treadmill on. You actually just push, uh-huh. you push that. Tread, um, yeah. That the You push that treading that goes around. What's the, 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 the band? that yeah. The band around there at, off completely because it, it gives enough resistance where all you have to do is push off. Like if, if you could do that for more than five minutes you'll be torched like you could probably do it for two or three minutes and be torched on most on most treadmills so
1: that's interesting that makes me want to try it on my treadmill um i support it if that's how you're using it i do not support people getting on the treadmill at a speed of three or above, and trying to walk backwards—that just sounds like an injury waiting to happen. I also do not support walking backwards, just like out in public. It seems like a like a public health hazard. And you know, as we get older, I'm sure you've seen this. Like after 30, you should not be playing contact sports. You should limit the activities that you're doing that are going to cause injury, right? Because it does get harder to heal. And sometimes, um, if you do get injured, it snowballs, right? You do get injured, and then you're in a cast, or you need to get surgery, and and you lose muscle mass and sometimes your health can sort of go downhill from there. So I would say anything that doesn't, what are the pros and cons here? And so if the, if the cons are, you can fall and injure yourself and the pros are you're working certain muscles, aren't there other exercises you can do to work these muscles that maybe are, are less, uh, problematic? Yeah,
0: you, you could. Yeah. What I would say is just go, don't, don't do the stuff like on, on the, like in, if you live in New York city, don't just like. <laughs> Turn around backwards on, you know, can on, you imagine on, you know, on 7th and 23rd and start like walking down the <laughs> street? Hit at, by a car. Yeah, 9. it
1: just doesn't but, sound like
0: a, but go to a feet like, you know, I live in Texas, so like I have like sports fields, like soccer fields, like within walking distance to my house. And I think it's good to do like agility type things where I will put on my uh, cleats and I will you still lateral. Have cleats? <laughs> yeah, so athletes, I'll, I'll lateral run. Again, I'm not sprinting as fast as I can. Yes. Um, I'll lateral run. I'll backpedal, right? Backpedaling is important, right? You have yeah. your chest over your knees and you're doing the same sure. exact motion. And That's I'm an just important drill, right? In
1: football and stuff, the yeah. backpedaling. I remember seeing that.
0: Yeah, and you're just moving around in all directions to make sure you're challenging different muscles. When you, uh, when you sort of like skip sideways, it's really good for your adductors, which mine are really weak. And sometimes I just don't want to sit in a gym and you know sit on that you know the adductor abductor machine and just move in and out. I want to actually have my muscles you know firing in a in a more normal way. So yeah, For it sure. is good to yeah. do that. But like you said, it's got to be in a safe in 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 a safe environment. And you also don't want to push it. Don't go from don't don't have never you know, walk backwards before, and then you're, you're jumping on the treadmill and then you're going outside and then you're putting on cleats and backpedaling. Like you have to really work your way into this slowly.
1: Maybe my mind is like thinking about accidents because right now Aurelia is walking backwards. I think that's like some type of milestone, but she loves to walk backwards and she doesn't look where she's going and she'll hit her head on things. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. But I'm totally for natural movement. I agree. I think sometimes people get stuck in the gym and, um, the range of, the range of movement is is important getting outside is important. And, you know, it's the same thing in nutrition. You want to have a a wide variety in your diet. If if someone comes to me and they're just eating blueberries and broccoli, that's great. But you know what's more important? Getting as many plant foods in as you can, right? It's going to increase the diversity of your microbiome. It's going to improve your immune health and overall health. So very similar with with fitness, right? We want to get as much natural movement in as possible, different range of motions. Um, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give the walking backwards a shot on my tread, on my treadmill to be safe. I'm not going to go out in public.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do it as a, in like a burnout kind of way. So I will do like quad extension machine, uh, you know, leg extensions when you're sitting yeah. down and you're, you know, you're, you're raising your legs up from, from right. the knee to the ankle. So I'll do quad extension and then I'll go right to the treadmill because they're really close in my gym. Again, with it, not on, I'm leaning up against the back of the treadmill, you're holding, holding on. on with my arms. Holding
1: on. Yeah. And I'm
0: purposely pushing down through my toes. I'm pushing that, the band forward on, on the treadmill. And then I'm going toe to heel, toe to heel, toe mm-hmm. to heel purposefully. And yeah. I do that as hard and as long as I can, which is usually only a minute or two after my quads are torched. So I'll do that as kind of like a burnout set. And, um, you know, uh, it's also, it gives somebody a new exercise to integrate into their workout. Maybe it makes them a little bit more excited to go to the gym. As long as yeah. you're doing it safely, who cares?
1: I su- I support that. I fully support that.
0: All right. Next topic here. Health tracking. $45 billion industry is what they're saying the health tracking uh, industry is. Now, this is just specifically like Fitbits and washes and things yeah. of this nature. Uh, there's only one problem. It doesn't seem like the data is working. At least 1.4 million Americans are diagnosed with diabetes each year. So, and that is a higher number, right? It's c- continuing to get higher. Yeah, obesity absolutely. rates are, Obesity rates are soaring. Life expectancy is declining for the first time, I think, in in forever. So, you know, we have all this data, but it doesn't seem to be working. Why?
1: Well, I have a health tracker, so I have an Aura ring, and I love it. So but let's go back to the statistics that you cited. Yes, we are on a downward trend. Right now, 70% of the country of U.S. adults are either overweight or obese, 70%. That means only 30 of us. Are at a normal, healthy weight, and um, obviously that's a problem. So we need to look and see what the root cause is. I I think having the data does put you in control, right? Understanding how many steps am I getting, how many calories did I burn? My Aura Ring also traps tracks like my heart rate and my stress level and my sleep, which I think is is really useful. But as you, you know this as a trainer, and I know this as a nutritionist, you can have the best information in the world. I can give someone the world's best meal plan. You can give someone the world's best exercise um, routine if they don't do it, if they don't take that and use it and go to the gym, it's worthless, right? So you can have the best data, you can have the best plans. It's about putting that into action. And I think that's where people struggle. And and that's really um, a part of this like environment that we've built around us, right? That everything is easy. We have, um, I have Instacart, priority. I have Uber eats priority. I have Amazon prime. Now I can get anything I want within an hour. Right. We have the, we have eight bazillion shows on Netflix and Hulu and HBO max and all of that. So our lifestyles have set us up to be more sedentary and to, you know, to not, to not move as much and crappy food is cheaper and it's easier. Right. I can get McDonald's delivered for cheaper than I can go make make myself a salad. I bought, I ordered groceries yesterday and I got literally eight things. They were berries, right? Organic berries are expensive. A couple other organic things. I got eight things. I got an Instacart um, priority because I needed it, you know, quickly. And it was $80. It was $80 for eight items. And so we're in this world, right? Where health food is expensive and um so we've built these environments that are making us more overweight that are making us more obese and so i think we are on the right track with the health trackers but i think people need more than just a device, right? You need more than just data in front of your face. You need a person like you or I to help them and say, here's what you do with that data. Okay. You only got 5,000 steps in. Here's how we could increase it. Even though you have a knee injury. Okay. You consumed this many calories today. Here's what we can do so that you're not starving, but you're eating healthy. It's like people don't know what to do with the data. And I think that's that's the real problem.
0: Yeah, I think it to to add to that too, you know, reading that statement over, if you really kind of break it down and says, you know, whatever, 4.5 billion dollar industry, then why are people less healthy? That doesn't mean that the unhealthy people are using them. That could also mm. mean, right? There's no that's just a co- that's correlation, right? That's just a or an assumption. It could just be that a lot of healthy people are actually spending more money on these things, right? You upgraded yeah. from a Fitbit to a Halo. Um, you know, everyone in my you, house inclu- including me an aura ring rather. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, there's, you know, everyone in my house uses one and we're a relatively healthy family, right? So yeah. it could just be that the people like these things are becoming more expensive and people are upgrading them or they're getting new ones or they're getting multiple. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're not working. <laughs> it, yeah. Like we just assume, Oh, we're spending more money. That means that unhealthy people, people who aren't using the data also, must be buying them and not using them that, that 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 might not be the case but i do agree with you um you know having known people who who look at them it, w- what metrics are you looking at are you responding to the metrics accordingly and changing your game plan up uh to those metrics but i do think they're starting to become also an unhealthy obsession with just those numbers the more numbers the better right i'm sure. not big on just just the scale um no. and looking over the things but it's hard not to be able, if you can look at the numbers every day, you're going to look at the numbers every day. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right? So like you have access to the numbers every day. So people build in the routine. It's like, okay, before bed, I'm going to look at my steps and this number and this number and this number. And I'm not telling you that's wrong or right. All I'm telling you is that it's the fact, right? If you have access to it, you're going to build it into your plan and it could make it a bit more disheartening. When I used to measure my clients, I would measure, let's say, like, I would do body fat percentage with a bioelectrical impedance machine, which are not that accurate. And then I would, you know, measure, uh, their hips, their waist, their quads, seven inches above their knee. I measure their calf. I measure their, you know, their flexed arm and their relaxed arm, things of that nature, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Around their belly button, around the top of their glutes. But some people wanted to do the measurements like once every two weeks. And I always told them, no, I'm like, no, nah, this much. is like, you're, you're going to feel defeated. Like we can't do this once every two weeks. Like once a month is at the most, I will measure you. And I, and I didn't always say it that way. I would just say, Hey, we don't really have the time for that. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're, we, we have to work out today. Like that's going to take too long. So, but, but I do feel like there needs to be, uh, some, you know, uh, personal take control. Hey, I'm only going to look at these numbers you know, once a week or once every two weeks, because the everyday thing seems to be a little bit too much on the personal judgment of yourself.
1: Totally. I, um, I'm a big fan of the smart scales because they have the bioelectrical impedance because a a number on a scale doesn't tell you much, right? Your actual weight isn't, isn't the only number or even the most important number you want to look at. It's important to look at muscle mass and body fat percentage and body water. And, you know, on the flip side of that, what I tell my clients is, if you do weigh yourself often, you can begin to track and trend things. And I think this is especially true for women, right? We have these monthly cycles. And so I'm heaviest right before I get my period. And so I know that, right? So like, Uh, so I can understand, like if I step on the scale and I'm, you know, at the highest end, I have like a four pound range that I, that I usually like fluctuate in between. If I'm at the highest end of, uh, you know, end of that spectrum, I can say, oh, I'm probably getting my period and it's right. Or, you know, like when you're ovulating, maybe, you know, you retain more water or, or whatever. I think if you can use the data, um, you can use the data to your advantage. It depends on what type of person you are, but I 100% agree that if you're obsessing over one number, or if you're obsessing over right the circumference of your quad every every week or two, that's that's it's only going to be detrimental. And then, you know, at the same time you mentioned people being sort of like reliant on these numbers. Like I, I would say Kayla and I are reliant on these numbers. I'm always like, Kayla, how many steps did you get today? Like, she's she's really into her Fitbit too, right? So like, the number of steps I get is like a, it's like how how well did your day go? That's, a, that's sometimes it's you know a factor in how I measure it. But you know, similar fitness and nutrition are similar in that you shouldn't be relying on external sources to tell you how you feel, right? Like, you shouldn't need a heart rate monitor to say. I I worked out and I I hit this zone and I, and I feel like I got an intense workout in today you should be able to feel that similarly I shouldn't need a calorie counter to tell me when I'm full right I should be able to tune into my body and say I ate enough I'm feeling full and I so I think you know with with all of this data we are moving away from like being mindful about our own bodies and how we feel and yeah this is answers. not hippy dippy
0: this this is not like like hippy dippy bullshit I'm saying like sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh I feel tired. I must've not slept well. That doesn't mean like, I don't need to like go look at a watch and be like, right. Oh, my watch says I actually slept really well. Like, no, if I'm fucking tired, I'm tired. Like I, You're like, tired, I yeah. like, I know that I'm tired and I know that I'm going to either, I, I'm going to need to like slowly build up to, towards my, you know, my climax of energy for the day. And I hope that I don't have anything to do. That's really important prior to me being a little bit more tired, but that, you know, I, I think people always associate like, Oh, like, Feeling it out is just like too much hippie bullshit. And if I have all the numbers, I'm not like no, no, no. It's just it's just being aware of that 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 you're tired yeah. or that or that you woke up and you were sore because you did the you you walk backwards for the first time for 20 <laughs> minutes on the treadmill, like whatever it is. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's good to just be aware and sometimes don't worry about the numbers. Trust your your instincts.
1: Yeah, and on that same page, there's a lot of evidence on. Um, the opposite of the placebo effect, which is the nocebo effect. So if you, um, you know, they basically have put people in rooms without clocks, without windows. And so the people didn't know how long they slept, right? And they they, they let them sleep. And when they told them, hey, you only got five hours, they filled out a questionnaire and said, I don't feel good. When they told them, hey, you got eight hours, they filled out the questionnaire and said, I feel great, right? So like the same thing happens for me. If I know I don't get a good night's sleep, if we were, you know, out the night before or if Aurelia was up in the middle of the night, I won't look at my aura ring data because I don't want to feel worse, right? I tell myself I got good sleep, you know, I'm feeling good. I I use it when I'm, you know, just to to kind of fine tune when I I know that I'm on the right track, but the nocebo effect is really powerful, right? So even if it's, whether it's sleep or whether it's, um, you know, calories burned or steps, if something's making you feel bad, that actually can have a physical effect in your body, um, as well as, you know, changing your, your mental state and your mood. So, um, I think it depends on how you are using the data. What do you use? Do you have a Fitbit?
0: Um, right now I don't use anything actually. So I do, I do have a, I do have a Fitbit, but I just, uh, I don't really use it. No, I, um, I'm not in the Metric stage right now. Uh, I don't yeah. even think I've weighed myself in in months. I my my sort of physical goal. I don't want to get too off topic here, but is to dunk a basketball before I'm forty. Mm-hmm. So uh, in order to do that, there's two there's two ways in which you can uh, jump higher. You have to create more force production on the ground, which means you have to become stronger.
1: Look at you um, with your physics, right? Who who would have then, thought you needed physics in your right. in your in adulthood?
0: <laughs> you have to you have to be lighter, right? Uh, fat don't oh, interesting.
1: fly. No, so, I mean LeBron James can dunk a basketball, and he's not light; he's a big guy. Yeah,
0: he's it's, an al- it's, it's an algorithm, essentially, right? It's like okay, he's so strong that mm-hmm. yeah, he can do that. But if if LeBron were to lose ten pounds. And keep his leg strength, he would be able to jump higher. And that it's just, you know, if you were to lose ten if you were to lose ten pounds and and lose leg strength, then maybe not, right? So it's it's just really it's really just kind of an algorithm. Now, also there's some things that are hard to measure and work. It's like the elasticity of your Achilles yeah. And your so, your soleus and your gastroc and your there's there's a lot that goes into it. I, I shouldn't make it to say that simple. But how
1: close are you? How like are you four inches off? Are you a foot? Yeah, off? funny
0: enough, I, I have not I have not I'm not in that stage yet. I don't want to like I don't want to start the measurement yet. Um, you don't, so don't want to know
1: like how far you have to go?
0: Huh. No, I, I know that's I know that sounds weird, but I, I I need this first like four weeks just to train hard, and yeah. then I'm gonna then then I'm gonna go uh, test. Uh, my, my jumping should, ability. I'd so, love to,
1: I'd love for you to film like a before and after, like, here's where I, here's where I was in January and here's where, yeah, I, where I am in March. It's almost
0: too late because I, I weighed 190 at one point and now I'm already down to 178. So I've lost 12 pounds. And I'm That's probably going to have to like, I have to
1: Let me stop you right there. That is insane because you've always been able to do that. Like since we were in high school, you were like, I'm going to lose five pounds this week. And yeah. you just go and you just lose five pounds. And like, it's so different for women with our fluctuating hormones. It's so much harder for men. And this could be cool. a whole nother podcast topic for men. Bo- it is it's, inherently it's easier to lose weight.
0: Yeah, but it's body types too. So I think, you know, where, where I have the advantages, it's so hard for me to put on weight. You know, when you talk about like mesomorph, ectomorph, whatever. Oh, like, poor,
1: poor like, you. It's so hard no, to gain weight. It's not for me. I'm just saying
0: it's, <laughs> I, I am naturally skinny. I should probably be naturally 170 pounds. So for me to be 190, I have I to put so me. much effort and energy and lift a particular way. And lift ways I don't really like lifting, right? I have to go yeah. low reps and kind of do more of the high school, the high school football player uh, lifting routine which that's not what I enjoy doing. So mm-hmm. for me, my body wants to be, I, I'm getting back to more of whatever you call it, like your relative weight, your normal weight. Yeah. Like, my, I, like so, um, so that's why it's easy, right? The, the, the last few pounds will be harder. And again, I don't really care what the weight is. I just know that as I get lighter and I get my legs stronger, I'm gonna have a, an, a, a better chance of being able to dunk the basketball, so.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um, All right, well, keep me posted on your journey.
0: I will keep you posted. That'll be, uh, we'll, we'll, we will, you know, highlight that topic to to come back to that in a, another podcast soon down the road here. Uh, next year is hydrogen water. Someone asked me about it recently. I did a little research on it. I actually have a, a whole podcast on a different sort of hydrogen water called light water deuterium depleted water, which I'll talk about afterwards. But what is your thoughts about this hydrogen water? Have you seen it uh, recently? Is it overkill? Is it just marketing nonsense?
1: I have, you know, f- I think off the cuff, it sounds like nonsense. I will say that it is not there. There haven't been a lot of studies, but there have been a few studies with you know smaller populations, and they've shown that hydrogen water can uh, improve athletic um, abilities. It reduces muscle fatigue. Um, it can increase energy. They've even used it in populations that were getting radiation therapy after a cancer treatment, um, and it you know improved the side effects of radiation. So I think there are a lot of benefits there. It basically just acts as an antioxidant, right? And we. Could all benefit from more antioxidants what i will say is where the snake oil salesman stuff comes in is the people who are selling the hydrogen water so they basically have tabs that you can throw in or i've seen actual water bottles that you press and it like you know Creates the hydrogen water. I don't know if I trust those. I would have to do more research into the best type and where to get it. Right, if, if it's not being produced in a lab and like where you can measure the pH and make sure that you're getting what you think you're getting. Um, but I, I think we're going to see a lot more on this um, coming up. And you know, there from what I've read, and again, there's not a ton of research out yet. But from what I've read, there really aren't any downsides. There's not. Um, there, there aren't any risks to to trying it.
0: The deuterium depleted water. So deuterium is like an isotope of hydrogen. And if you take that deuterium out, it makes the water lighter. And they've looked at water from like the fresh springs in like Idaho and all these places. And typically they're, like when you weigh the isotopes out, they're always lighter. They have less deuterium in them mm. than regular water. This is what I've been told, right? I'm yeah, not, yeah. I, I, I have no, no idea. This could be, to- I could be, I can be, this could be total bullshit, right? But this is what I've been told. And then, so then people are, are making this deuterium depleted water too, which is a form of hydrogen water. It's more, it's way more expensive than, than mm. hydrogen water. Deuterium water, I think it costs like, I don't know, like $150 for like a case of 12, oh my God. right? Yeah. Um. But anyway, this light water apparently has a bunch of benefits and it's going to be all the rage, but they just don't have the technology yet to do it easily. They have, they have to do it in these like giant vats that take up like huge factories. And because the production costs so much to make, that means, you know, that the item has to then be very expensive. So I don't know. I, I, uh, I do want, it's sort of like on the back burner for me to do more research. I don't necessarily think I need it in my life. I'm not going to go order it. And use it, but uh, it will be interesting to see if uh, coming down the pipe that uh, uh, pun intended here that the water will be uh, cleaner and healthier, and that there will be other waters that we can get, and and how you know not to be conspiratorial here, but like you're talking about a billion-dollar industry with like Aquafina and yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm drinking a bottle of water right now, so. Yeah do these do these people want this to come to light like is that going to change could they take advantage of this and sell more expensive water i don't know i think yeah. i think their target market is every person right It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how much money you have whether you're the whether you're super poor or whether you you know have more money and you want to s- spend it on uh fiji like there's bott- the bottled water industry is already doing a really good job and i think this could hinder it so i wonder if they're also going to kind of push against uh research yeah. into this
1: what I what I will say is, you know, everyone is sort of looking for uh like a sexy quick fix, like what what's the easiest way I can biohack, right? And here's an example of that: just the rates of everyone on on Ozempic, right? Everyone wants a quick fix. What's the quickest way I can get to my goal? Um, it, but really. The simple things are what help, right? Eating a healthy diet, moving your body, drinking water. I worked at Noom for years and then now I have my own private practice. So between the two, I've literally worked with hundreds of clients. I would say a very small fraction of them are drinking enough normal water. So it's like, let's start with getting adequately hydrated with just normal water, right? Like I know the hydrogen water Concepts sounds sexy, but like, can we get the baseline? Can we get the foundation before we start jumping to all of these other I things? I think it's
0: people though, convincing themselves that they would drink more water if, the, if the, it's this new cool thing. So I do agree with you. Yeah, that's the problem. But, and I think when these sexy things come out, people are under the impression, like that's why, they, they, that's why we're gonna talk about Peloton next. So people go buy Pelotons, even though they've had a, let's say a, a rowing machine in their garage. And that they sold after a year and never used, although they had right. some sort of treadmill in their basement that they sold after two years and it' didn't use. It's like, oh, it's but new and use it's
1: Peloton. novel. Yeah, yeah oh, I'll sure. use the
0: Peloton. Oh, I'll drink the hydrogen water. It's like, no, nah, no, you won't. Like you, you haven't done it in the past, so you have to, it's, you have to come up with some other format, not just like trying to get the new, the the new sexy thing.
1: Totally, yeah.
0: On to the next year.
1: Okay, next topic. Okay, Peloton and TikTok team are, have teamed up to create a new fitness hub. What do you think? Clearly you've just you've said what you think. You you don't think it's uh it's worth I it. I think
0: it's no I mean no I mean I think Peloton itself is smart from a branding standpoint to like get in and try to be hip and cool and and get like a younger generation. I don't know the the numbers and metrics of the demographics are more people now in that age range working out maybe can they afford a Peloton which are like 3 grand? Probably not, but um that doesn't mean they can't maybe get the Peloton app where you can do like exercises yeah, and do different things. Yeah, for sure. Things, the app
1: right? has so, everything in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it, it seems almost like a mistake not to try to grasp at the younger generation, regardless of your marketing. It doesn't really matter what you do, right? You, you, you have to go after that whatever 18 to 25 uh, demographic because uh, not only will they grow with you if you get them, right? So if you get them to like Peloton stuff, yeah. They'll be they can be buying Peloton stuff for the next 30 years, but they're just that, that's how things get trendy and viral, right? Not a lot of 73 year old men have trending viral videos, <laughs> it's but 18 year old people do, so yeah. I, I do think that's smart. But, I, wh- but what I will say is, I think it's a gimmick because Peloton got into a little bit of trouble, so to speak, in the um, uh, I don't want to call it the political world, but basically, they uh, it came out in a podcast. You know who Theo Vaughn is, so he's my favorite comedian,
1: okay.
0: and and he runs a podcast. And uh, on his podcast, he had Dana White on, who you know who that is, yeah, right? Yeah. Dana White yeah. is the, the like the the founder and owner of the UFC, yeah. president of the UFC, and basically they got into a conversation about like advertising and how much of like a pain sometimes advertisers are or whatever you know, and then. Uh, uh, Theo had mentioned something to the extent of like, yeah, you know, I had an advertiser who like bat, who bailed because I did an episode with um, Robert Kennedy jr. Who was a democratic presidential candidate. And it wasn't like, a it was because he's, he said some outlandish things in the past about like
1: vaccines, stuff that's in our yeah, water that's vaccine.
0: causing it and, yeah. and vaccines and stuff. So he's, he said some controversial things or virtual things in the past. So they Peloton basically said like, Hey, like we're not going to be your sponsor anymore. And he came out and said that. And Dana White was like, screw peloton they shouldn't tell you who you could interview and who you could not like screw them and he took out all the peloton bikes and all the ufc gyms and like peloton oh got gosh. yeah it was it was a little bit over the top but anyway yeah. so, so i think it, this was sort of like a bud light moment or like a target moment when like something bad happens in the media and like you feel like it's going to be politicized and you feel like it's going to put everywhere like you just want to like have something else to attach your name to that's trending sure. and i think it was sort of like oh hey if we do these big things on TikTok, like like this will go away. So I think that's really why they did it and great. I mean, uh, it's good It's good marketing. As somebody who worked in PR and marketing, PR, like yeah. you, you have to get your, you have to get your, your brand like re it with something that isn't the negative thing it was already associated with.
1: Sure. Well, from a consumer's perspective, the fact that they're targeting a younger audience is great because the number one predictor of weight maintenance throughout your life is not your diet, it's actually having a regular exercise routine. And so that's why it's so important to start young, right? Like if you've If you didn't play sports growing up and you didn't exercise in high school and you didn't exercise in college, you're a lot less likely to get into the habit as an adult. So if we can target a younger audience and make it fun and put it on TikTok and make it sexy, um, I think that's great. I mean, the obesity statistics we talked about earlier, that's not just adults. Like right now, they're actually considering um, they have clinical trials to use Ozempic in kids as young as six which is horrible. So like yeah. obesity is starting younger and younger and like this younger population who've grown up with tons of fast food and you know processed food and this sedentary environment are struggling. So if we can make exercise fun, I think that's a huge benefit.
0: Well said, uh, on to the next tier.
1: Okay, next topic here. Sorry, let me pull it up. Next topic. Oh, Megan the Stallion has partnered with Planet Fitness. What do you think about that? Is that a is that a good partnership?
0: Uh I'm gonna be completely honest here. I have no idea who Megan the Stallion is. No idea. I see that she spells her name with two E's. The oh is that how
1: it's pronounced? I'm not cool either. Megan the Stallion. Okay.
0: At Megan the Stallion, I think it is. <laughs> not the stallion, the, like the um the, the the very old English Shakespearean <laughs> the. Um Yeah, I I don't know anything. I think she's, I'm almost positive she's a rapper.
1: She's a rapper. I've seen her commercials. I mean, from from my perspective, Planet Fitness is dead, right? Like, I don't know if it's trending in middle America, but where I live in a very international city in Miami, Planet Fitness doesn't exist. It's high-end, it's Equinox, it's Anatomy. So I don't know who's going to Planet Fitness. So I think they could use-
0: No one, but they pay for memberships. That's how they think they make their money. Oh, hey- I'm going to open up in the middle of Vidalia, Georgia and Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm going to get 2,000 people to join at $10 a month, which is $20,000 a month coming in. But none of these people end up going, Yeah. Um, but they don't mind it because it's $10 a month. So it's sort of like quality, quantity over quality thing, but it's not, it's not looking good for them when you look at their numbers. I've talked about this before. Like, yeah, they trade on like the NASDAQ, right? They're like a huge, like bill, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation, but they're in a lot of debt they rent out these huge buildings, right? Mm, Like think about the square footage of these buildings that you have to have.
1: and the equipment, yeah.
0: They have all this equipment. You can't resell the equipment because it's Planet Fitness branded. It's all their colors. Mm -hmm. It says Planet Fitness on it. So like Steve's gym can't use it. Um, When you open up a new Planet Fitness, they make you buy new equipment. So if you want to franchise it, you can't go oh, buy old equipment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they make a lot of their money just off the initial equipment sales. But basically, they're just, like a lot of companies, unfortunately, are just kicking the can down the road. They're in a ton of debt. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do well. Uh, I don't know who else Megan the Stallion is going to bring. But I think the, the important part here, one of the important parts that we passed over here is like, it's a merch collection. These are people oh. who only have $10 a month to spend going to the gym. You think they're going to walk into the gym and buy like a Megan the Stallion Planet Fitness t-shirt for $20? They don't even spend $20 a month on their gym membership. These people don't have money. So I don't that's yeah. what I kind of don't get. It's like you you're you're asking people to spend money they don't have. Um so that's that's where I think they they missed the boat on this to have any sort of merch collection. People are not buying planet fitness t-shirts and wearing no. them around. I've never seen no. it. No.
1: No. Uh I would agree with that. I like the idea that they're trying to make it fresh right they're trying to take something old and make it fresh and make it cool I'm sure Megan the stallion fans diehard fans will go out and buy that merch but yeah I don't know if that's a great if that's a great business model
0: <laughs> well we will see time will tell um, next year I don't know if you've heard of monk mode but it involves uh, people uh, giving and avoiding things up that they wouldn't otherwise have done, but like full sale. So no alcohol, no drugs, no phone use, no dating apps, have to meditate, uh, crazy diets, no more video games, turning off TV. It's basically just going from you know, uh, what we would call moderation to uh, monk mode, which is doing nothing. I don't know if you've seen this TikTok trend, but obviously this can't go well.
1: So I, I'm very interested in this and I have some thoughts, but when you, what you have seen, is it for a day? Is it for a couple hours? Is it like Aaron Rodgers where you go in a hole for like a month? Like, you know, the groundhog, like what's, what's.
0: I think everyone is using it specifically because they want to be showy. So they'll do it's never the same. So some people are like, hey, I am uh, you know, somebody who used to drink on the weekends and now I'm not drinking at all. And I am also like doing no TV. And other people are saying like, hey, I used to use a lot of uh, dating apps and go on dates, but now I'm not gonna date anyone for a year or two years or whatever. It's just, mm. it, it depends on the person. I don't think, I think my is more of a generality. It's just yeah. saying, hey, I used to do these things. I'm not gonna go moderation. I'm gonna go full sale. like stop doing all of this stuff altogether. Uh, but some of it is weird. Like some of it's like young kids just saying like, Hey, I'm not going to watch TV and I'm going to sit in my room and, and sort of Aaron Rodgers esque, uh, just, you know, be with themselves, which is different with him. He like took ayahuasca and mushrooms and was trying to, I think like, you know, gain sort of a higher, you know, understanding of, of the world, not just like run away from things.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I have a lot of thoughts on this. First, I will say, we are, are constantly distracted by our phones. I don't think it's an overstatement to say we are addicted to our phones and addicted to social media. So making an intentional decision to step away from that, I think is great. I also think a lot of times we're numbing, like people sometimes can numb with food or alcohol, right? That's like can cause obesity and cause drinking problems. We're also numbing with things like TV, right? Like once, once in a blue moon to like binge watch Netflix is okay. If you're binge watching Netflix nightly, weekly month, like that's not normal to sit for more than an hour and watch TV. It's not good. It's not healthy for you. And I think a lot of that is like avoiding anxious thoughts or things that we should be dealing with. So I like the idea of meditating. I like the idea of removing distractions and, you know, journaling and and getting back to basics. But what I will say is, um, there is a another silent epidemic in this country of loneliness. And so uh, one of the previous surgeon generals came out with a book a couple of years ago, and it's called Together. And he basically went all around the country and interviewed all these people. And this was just um, he he did his research before and after COVID. And obviously, after COVID, it got much worse. but uh, loneliness is really, you know, the root cause that's kind of driving a lot of other ailments. It's driving some of our mental health crises. It's driving, um, you know, depression and depression can lead to, you know, eating disorders and alcoholism and, and all these other things. So, you know, I think we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater in that if we're removing social media, great, but we shouldn't be removing, at least for long periods of time, normal social interactions, right? Like seeing friends, seeing yeah. people, having relationships. And, you know, there was a study that came out of Harvard uh, a couple years back, and it was looking at life expectancy and some of the most important habits, you know, like what's what's most closely associated with life expectancy. And it's not exercise. It's not diet. It's the quality of your relationships. So if you are lonely, you're not going to take care of yourself in the same way. You're not going to have joy. And that that impacts your physical health so i think we lost a lot of that in COVID. and you know you and i are older but i don't i don't even think we know how that affected the younger generation right now you know all of that time alone um and i think that's something we we do need to focus on so like meditation uh staying away from alcohol you know having quiet time great in small amounts but we have to really prioritize our our social lives and, and our friendships and our relationships
0: I think that's a great point. Obviously, I didn't read the book. I'm not sure what they said, but I, I would say that I, I, I don't think COVID was the cause of this. This was starting before COVID, just because of what uh, the technology we have at our hands and how interactions are now different. When we were kids, I would, you know, walk down to my friend's house and knock on the door and say, "Hey, Mrs. Smith, you know, can Johnny come out to play?" And I would talk to the parents, and I would have to call landlines every, and every
1: weekend you were gone every weekend, would yeah, all and day,
0: Like there was a lot more now, it's just like, you know, 12 year olds are texting other 12 year olds. So they get to not only they're not talking as much, but they get to bypass talking to adults. So I think that's, that's part of the problem is not just COVID and school shutdowns and things like that. But also, you know, that's why things like CrossFit work not because yes. the workouts are great because you, the camaraderie you have with 12 or 15 other people, the biggest, the biggest growing sport in the country, it's not even close is jujitsu. And the reason why is because of the camaraderie, you mm-hmm. can't practice jujitsu on your own. <laughs> you that's have to roll yeah. with another person. So yeah. there's just a lot of camaraderie within, you know, w- within, you know, when you go to a class and you roll. So roll is the term for doing jujitsu. So um, I-, I think that's, that is the biggest problem. You you hit the nail on the head here. It's not it's not doing this monk mode like avoiding particular things. It's almost an excuse to spend more time alone, and that's not good, right? We can't yeah. we can't have these kids using more excuses. And I'm saying kids specifically, right? It's not like 38 year olds myself are going into monk mode. This is a this but if is you a did, trend. I
1: think you have you have the decision making skills to to know that it's right for you and do it. And I think that's okay. But yeah, yeah for exactly. Kids, it, it,
0: for kids that, that six months you decided to go to monk mode, like that could have meant a lot to, you know, and, and that Your you're going to see development. some, regre- yeah. like social development. there's going to be some regression there from that six months you decided to do this monk mode. Now, it, ultimately it also falls on the parents because these are, like I said, our kids. So the parents should be yeah. involved in this process and, and know what their, their, their kids are doing.
1: Yeah. I wonder if there's a way to incorporate it, uh, you know, in smaller doses more frequently. So I remember growing up, um, I had a friend in school and every day from four to five, his mom would say it's Amish hour <laughs> and this is a little extreme, but she would turn off the lights. She would say, we're not going to use electricity. We're not going to use the, you know, the TV, whatever, like play cards, play a game, sit, talk to her, and i go play outside. And, um, you know, that's not the kid's house who you wanted to go to after school because it wasn't fun from four to five o'clock. But like, as an adult, I kind of like that, right? Can you incorporate one hour a day where you're not distracted by your phone? You're not sitting watching TV. You're outside. You're like, you know, just more in touch with, um, with yourself and with nature. And you're not just constantly being distracted. You can like actually tune into your thoughts. I like that idea. Most
0: most Sundays I don't touch my phone. I leave it. I would love uh, if my wife also joined in on this, but the, the difference is, is that she, she works all week sure. and she, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I end up spending more time on my phone than her. It's just that yeah. she does it in, in, in like longer Large com-
1: quantities yeah.
0: where, where I just like, I'm looking like every 10 minutes where sure. she might just spend 30 minutes on her phone.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but it's because again, I, I have the opportunity to during the week, she doesn't at work. She can't look at her phone. So she spends more time on the weekends. But anyway, I don't look at my phone typically on Sundays or I try not to, uh, maybe in the morning and then again at night, but from let's say nine to five, I try not to because that's, that's the day I spend with my family. That's the day I'm spending time with, with Mackenzie, my two two and a half year old and, and my wife, Kayla. So I, I I try not to do that. And that's, to me, that's, that's not monk mode. That's just you on that's you. No, but
1: I I would say you're in the minority. I, I I would say probably, this is an estimate, but less than 5% of people are doing that. Right. We're so addicted to our phones. And I think we've convinced ourselves that like we all have the ability to multitask and I can be on my phone and I can be with my daughter and I can be with my spouse and I can, and you can't, the thing is you can't, I don't believe in multitasking. It's not a thing. You're just going to be doing things badly multiple things badly. So I think putting your phone down and intentionally focusing on whatever it is, time with Kayla, time with Mackenzie, time to yourself is, is huge. And we've, I think we've incorporated, I was driving today. I saw someone like full on, on their phone, just driving. Like we, people are like, you know, I see it all
0: the time. I see it all the time. That's the reason, you know,
1: that's the reason I won't. The Leah, Leah,
0: our cousin, had. she asked me, hey, Steve, I wanna do like an Ironman, will you do it with me? And I said, no, never. And she said, why? I said, well, because you have to road bike train. You can't just do an Ironman by like training on your Peloton. Like you're eventually gonna have to get on the road because you really need to understand your bike. For
1: sure, it's different. A triathlon, yeah. right?
0: It's different. And so you have to understand your bike. And I'm like, I won't train on the road. Like I've heard too many horror stories no. now, more so than ever because no one's paying attention on the road. No. So like now I have to trust all these other drivers who are on their phones all the time and they swerve over that one inch. And now I am seriously injured, if not dead. So like, I'm like, nope, yeah. won't, won't do it. Not, not with today's drivers.
1: No, I think like you said, taking, being intentional, like you do on Sundays and taking that, that intentional break kind of helps put everything else in perspective. And then you're more likely to put your phone down. I've been using the do not disturb mode on my phone. And I have that every night from like 7 p.m. to like 9 a.m. And it's great. I don't see my text messages. I don't get anything. I don't check my emails. I don't. I don't. You know, get any calls. And it's great to have that time to just not even look at your phone.
0: I will say though, and uh, you could disagree. I'm not. I'm not like picking at something you said specifically. But you know, you when we did talk about the TV, I think dependent upon your job and your life, uh, the TV can be a. I don't want to call it a healthy escape, but, it, but a hundred percent escape that's needed. So like, yeah. Are there better escapes is is sitting with a book better Is meditating better. Sure. But like, if you're a nurse who works in an ER ward and you work 14 hour shifts and you're like, you're watching people die and you're like, Hey, I just need to turn on like the British baking show so that I can like, de- like unwind. Like that's fine. Like that, that, that makes total sense. But I do think uh, this is just sort of my mentality and personality. Like you kind of have to earn it. Like, <laughs> like if you were, if you were doing nothing all day long, like you were like out at the, out at, it's like a Sunday and like, you're, you're out walking around and you're out like at the pizza place and you're at a bar and you come home and you know, like watch four hours of Netflix. It's like, nah, you kind of didn't do anything all day. Like, you don't, you don't need this right now. You don't need this. Like you don't need an unwinding. You didn't wind up.
1: Sure. I think it is, it is a healthy way to unwind And the same thing that anything can be misused, right? A glass of wine is fine. Too much alcohol isn't good. Uh, you know, an ice cream, cup of ice cream, great. A pint of ice cream or a gallon, maybe not as good. So I would say no more than two hours. Like you should not be sitting down. Like you can watch a movie, but you should not be sitting down for more than two hours. You shouldn't. Some, I, I know people who watch Netflix all day. I'll say, what'd Crazy. you do today? I binge watched a whole, a whole season on Saturday. Like, eh, that's it's not good.
0: It's crazy. Um, all right. On to the next topic here. Is it safe to drink chia seeds? I know people have been just adding chia seeds to their water. I will add to this. I am extremely nervous about any seeds personally. Huh. So you can talk about why? this. Yeah. Tell me why? why. I had a client who got diverticulitis and the doctor told him it was because he was eating way too many uh, like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. And that one got caught. Somewhere in his, uh whatever his, you know, upper tract. But what, is of his he not intestines. chewing them?
1: Is he just eating them whole?
0: I mean, I think some some of these seeds are so small you don't chew them. Like, I, I if you've ever eaten like a sunflower seed, like really small, or pumpkin seeds, like some of these, sometimes they're like small enough where you can just swallow them whole. Mm. I don't know. I again, this could be total nonsense. Maybe that's not the reason he got it. Maybe people eat seeds every day, never get diverticulitis. But I'm scared shitless of getting it, so I don't eat a lot of seeds.
1: So. From a a medical nutrition standpoint, you're not supposed to eat nuts and seeds once you have diverticulitis. I question whether that's actually the cause. Um, Seeds have a lot of healthy fats. They have a lot of healthy fibers. Um, Chia seeds specifically don't have a taste, you know, so I think that's good. You can add them to a lot of things. I will say this. I've had experience with this myself. You choke on them? Just this past, very recently. So the thing is, chia seeds swell up to 10 times their size with, um, with water, right? That's why you can make chia seed pudding. Have you seen that? It's just like chia seed, chia seeds and almond milk or a type of milk and it swells up. It gets gelatinous. Um, but so that type of fiber is great because it actually can help clean out your intestines. It's good. It's soft. It's, it's no longer like sharp, you know, like a sharp seed that you think of. It's more gelatinous. Um, but because they can swell up, you need to be careful. You need to let chia seeds soak before you eat them. You shouldn't just necessarily be sprinkling chia seeds on top of yogurt or oatmeal um, or just like quickly into your water and drinking it. You need to let them swell and then you can drink the water. Because the problem is if you eat the chia seeds and then drink water or if you you know pour the chia seeds in water and drink them very quickly, they're swelling up in size as you swallow them and they could get stuck. So, um, I read an article that someone actually had to get, they took a a tablespoon of chia seeds. They, then they drank the glass of water, the chia seeds, you know, swelled up and then they got lodged in their throat. They actually had to go to the emergency room and get them removed. So, let the chia seeds swell up because then you'll see that the, the water is different and then you drink it slowly and then you're fine. But you know, if you, if you're drinking them before they swell, right. And they're swelling up on the way down, you're going to eat too much and you're not going to be able to really gauge the size of that. I can see it in your eyes. You're terrified and you're never going to have chia seeds ever again.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't really eat chia seeds in the first place. I guess I do when I like buy smoothies from places. Right. But like, I don't, I don't like have chia seeds in my house. So, uh, but yeah, I am, uh, not that I don't, I do have some protein bars that have seeds in them. I don't go out of my way to eat seeds because I'm afraid uh, of that. it's you. one of those things where even if I know that that's not the case, it's,
1: it's just, like, oh, I get it's just it. like
0: weird negative, like feedback loop where I'm like, am I more likely to get it now? Because I'm so yeah. concerned if, about getting
1: it. You have a negative connotation that you can't, yeah, you can't get out of there. Um, I will say if, if the idea of chia seeds scares you and I don't, Oh, so I didn't tell you my anecdote. So this happened to me very recently. I was like feeding Aurelia a couple of weekends ago. I was feeding Aurelia and like at the same time that I'm trying to feed her lunch, you know, I'm trying to shovel food in my mouth. Um, As parents, we don't sit down for proper meals anymore, like basically ever. So feeding her and I um, sprinkle some chia seeds on yogurt and I thought that I let them sit long enough to expand, but I didn't. And I started to swallow them. and, And granted, backstory is I was feeling anxious that day. Aurelia has just started napping at school and she's not really napping and she comes home cranky and it's been like a stressful a couple weeks anyway so i was already feeling anxious and when i'm anxious you know your, your throat your muscles are already sort of tightened they're sort of tense um sure. so i had a lot of trouble swallowing and i was like oh my gosh and it was past my windpipe so i wasn't choking but like i could feel my esophagus had to expand to get it down and it was really painful like to the point where like i called nick into the room to say like is this going to work? Do we need to go to the, you know, to go get medical care? I was fine. It happened. But, uh, so speaking from personal experience, it can happen. You need to let the chia seeds soak for at least five minutes. So they, you know, get to their maximum size and then you can eat them. Um, but if you are worried about chia seeds, what I would recommend in lieu of that is flax seeds and you can get ground flax seeds. Um, that's still going to have similar fiber, similar, um, healthy fat content. And then it's like a, you know, it's like a powder and then you don't, you don't have to worry about it.
0: Uh, okay. We're done with our topics. I have three articles. I want to quickly go over. Uh, the first one I am just going to read. We don't really have to, uh, talk about it much. I just thought it was a funny article when I was looking up trending, uh, fitness and nutrition stuff. Okay. And this article, it says a big Lake Minnesota woman. Um, that's the town in Minnesota pleaded guilty to a role of a $250 million fraud scheme. That exploited the federal funded child nutrition program during COVID-19 pandemic. So this lady claimed that she was helping feed children during COVID-19 and started some sort of uh, nonprofit companies and got $250 million. And th- this is some of the stuff that she was buying. She bought a uh, more than a half a million dollar home and she bought a $335,000 townhouse. Uh, she bought a uh, $80,000 Jeep Wrangler. She bought a 2021 Porsche she bought a, a $65,000 GM uh, pickup and so on and so forth. She bought six cars, including, uh, altogether, she bought 14 properties. That's what the uh, courts said uh, with this $250 million. So I thought that was a, uh, just a, a funny, interesting, and wild article that had to do somewhat with uh, health and fitness, being that she claimed it was for feeding children. I wonder how these children got fed and what the hell happened.
1: Oh my gosh, can you believe that's where our tax money is going?
0: <laughs> it's, un- it's unbelievable the, the things that people can do. Well, at least she got caught, and hopefully that uh, deters other people. Um, next year, there's a new Ozempic craze, and apparently it has to do with calves. It's called uh, Calf Tox. While cosmetic Botox is approved uh, by the FDA to treat uh, fine lines and wrinkles, such as frown lines and crowns feet, as well as some medical treatments, uh, it's also used in uh, untraditional ways. And this is a way that people are doing it. They're uh, they're doing some Botox for their calves to slim their calves down and make them look more uh, sleek. So uh, apparently 2.5 million views on the TikTok platform for uh, calf talks. And uh, I have to say, it seems pretty crazy. I've, uh, I've never seen it or heard of it. I'm not that surprised. There There used to be calf implants that people would get.
1: Yeah. Where I've heard they of would,
0: that. Uh, literally just like you did get a breast implant, you would do that. But to do a, a calf talk seems uh, a little ridiculous because as far as I know, with the Botox, you have to continually do it over and over and over. It never ends. Right.
1: Sure. It's like every three to four months. Well, tell me from your perspective, how that works. So Botox is, is basically freezing the muscle. So are, are, it, does it look like they're just freezing it in a contracted state? So the muscles Perpetually contracted? Is that what it looks like from those photos? Is that what you're thinking?
0: I think that's exactly what they're. I think. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: it's it's but hard. That to can't say. be good, right? To maybe, have your like, calf muscle.
0: It, no, that's not good. That can't be good. So, like you know, when your muscle is lengthened or shortened for an, any amount of time and can't move in the normal way, you know that's not good. Now, maybe it's not working on the muscle; it's just working at the skin level, and it's making the skin look uh for lack of a better term like harder and thinner and therefore it makes your calf no, look I mean, botox
1: has to botox has to be injected into the muscle and it just freezes the muscle if, and paralyzes it
0: yeah i mean that's that obviously can't be good right so like you're talking about no. you're, you're in your in your in your gastroc right there where they were where they were pointing to that thick the kind of circular part of your calf like that you know, every step you take, the muscles lengthening and shortening. So you you don't want to mess with that, especially if you're a woman in high heels, where that's always oh my gosh. what we call when you're on plantar flexion for that long. That's
1: people are that's crazy. no bueno, I mean, but, uh, and the other the other thing that comes to mind is you know when you're getting Botox, like in your forehead, it's super tiny little vials. It's a super tiny amount because Botox is a toxin, right? It's a toxin, yeah. and if you read the warning label, like it's very, very rare, but can cause death, right? Like it's it's not great. So I imagine that for your calf muscle, which is a much larger muscle, you have to use a lot more Botox. And if you're using it a lot more Botox, and you again, you have to use it every three or four months when it wears out, like that's terrible for you.
0: <laughs> also, no one's really looking at your calves. It's not that, it's not that big of a People deal. Are crazy. Yeah. And then People they also do it
1: they, in that article I saw, it talks about the trap. There's like this idea that if you, I guess, injected into your trapezius muscle. It can, it's called like uh, Barbie something or other. I don't know where my trapezius is. Is this something in this area? It's trapezius?
0: No, your, your trap is the, that's connected to your neck running down to your clavicle. Yeah, here.
1: So I think it, I think the idea is it makes this, you can like freeze this in a way where it makes your clavicles stick out more. I just naturally have clavicles that stick out. Um, yeah, But well too, guys,
0: like, guys want big traps. It's a, it's a look that guys like, right? because it, it makes you look stronger because your neck ends up being bigger. So a lot of guys uh, want so bigger if you times. do this,
1: yeah. So I guess yeah. it freezes them forward, but still that's uncomfortable. And then as you know, when something that affects one muscle is going to affect another muscle, right? So yeah. if your traps are frozen in this position, it's going to affect your lats and your... Well, just, and your cervical
0: column and your neck is meant to you know move left and right. So the fact that you can't do that is going to, you know, is certainly going to give you some long-term problems in your neck. So people are crazy. Wild. They uh, <laughs> they don't understand. As my usual saying, there's uh, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. What are you willing to trade off? Ah. Uh, okay. And lastly here for this article, we're going to run down some of the trending TikTok things that Yahoo has. I'm going to share my screen with you in a second here. Uh, the first one is Girl Dinner. I don't really know what this is. Well, let me read it. Intrepid takeout writer Angela Pagan uh, bravely went long on Girl Dinner. The massive TikTok trend that involved assembling a series of wee bites, little crackers, little grapes, little cheese, little pickles, and the list goes on, labeling it Girl Dinner as in dinner for girls. Uh I guess this is not really a bad trend, right?
1: I mean, I think it's really cute the i I think the idea behind it is, and I've laughed at this uh, with my friends like if Nick goes out with his friends for the night or if he has a late meeting, I'm not cooking myself a proper meal like I'm not sitting down with chicken and rice and broccoli, right? I'm just kind of snacking, I'm eating less, and it doesn't have to be it's it looks similar to like Aurelius plate more so than like a grown up dinner, and so it's like, yeah, you don't have to cook. you just make a cute little charcuterie board so I like that. I'm 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 pro girl dinner.
0: Every Sunday, uh, along with me not be, trying to not be on my phone anyway, uh, we do a family charcuterie board. So me and my, uh, my daughter, who's only two and a half, and my wife, we eat a charcuterie board together. I love um, it. It's so cute. So that's our that's our that's our lunch. It feels fancy. Um, water talk. You need it to live. Yeah. Unfortunately, droves of TikTokers aren't satisfied with the standard stuff. Enough. Uh, hashtag water talk. Enter, hashtag WaterTalk, rather, the viral phenomenon that involves doctoring your water with artificial sweeteners, syrups, and powders to make plain water taste better. Uh, What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I mean, on the one side, people do need to drink more water. On the flip side, artificial sweeteners are terrible for your gut and you know, syrups are loaded with artificial flavors and even natural flavors. So no, just drink water, squeeze some lemon in it, put, throw some berries in it. You can make it fancy, right? Like when you go to a spa, they have maybe basil or mint. You can make it fancy without having to add artificial things to your water.
0: Touche. Snack hacking. Oh, sorry. Were you about to open a bag of microwave popcorn. Make sure you do it the right way. The TikTok way, that is. This year, TikTokers have popped off on snacks hacks, explaining the correct usage for everything from can openers to Ritz crackers. And yes, these videos are annoying. Uh, I guess there's nothing wrong with snack hacking. I think it's just people trying to get views, right? Showing you how they do things, how they open things, what they mix things with, what they use. It doesn't seem to cause any issues.
1: I like the idea if it's a hack, but I think a lot of these aren't actual hacks. Like, are they actually saving you time or improving your your life in any way? I don't know.
0: I don't think so. This is a menu hacking. Uh, even worse than snack hacking, the menu hacking sneakily creating custom off-menu items at chain restaurants. Menu hacking has been a thing for a while, but restaurants fought back this year. Chipotle disabled taco orders on its mobile app to discourage hacked orders. Um, yeah, I also heard uh, concerning like this menu hacking stuff uh and chipotle maybe this is a little bit off topic but there's like a person who uh if you order catering from chipotle like you order their catering package
1: yeah
0: uh it's way cheaper than just like making like getting lunch oh yeah you told
1: me about this so so someone just orders it for like a week
0: (laughs) no so they ordered it for for like two weeks basically i think it was like you know 80 bucks and he was able to make 10 lunches out of that so it's like yeah. You know, uh, well, it was I mean, un- it makes yeah. sense,
1: right? It's like a volume-based discount, I guess. But that being said, from a food safety perspective, if you buy Chipotle today, you shouldn't be eating it two weeks later, unless you put it in the freezer. You put it in the freezer, okay. But in the fridge after four days, it should, it should go in the trash.
0: Touche. Well, Beck, thank you so much for joining in on this new format of the Truly Fit Podcast. I think we're going to introduce actually one more format, which will just be looking at one study and just breaking one study down, right? Wow. So it'll be something a little bit in depth. We'll read through part of the study or at least the conclusion of the study and then just mm-hmm. give kind of a, an overview of what that study is. And you'll give your thoughts on it. I'll give my thoughts on it. Maybe I'll bring bring on either uh, a third person to talk about it afterwards. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll just try to break down one particular thing that's interesting, but I do like this format a lot. Uh, listeners, if you like this format as well, make sure to write into me. At uh, social at trulyfit.app or DM me on Instagram. This has been an episode of Truly Fit Podcast. Rebecca, thank you for joining. Me. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening in. And remember, you can subscribe to Truly Fit app on YouTube to watch the Monday interviews. See you guys soon.